0: I'm Janelle and I'm Amber collectively we are Brown Girl Alchemy a mother-daughter unit using our personal journey and growth within our blackness womanhood and lives in general to motivate activate revolutionize inspire
1: uplift and heal we hope to navigate through the seasons with you as we alchemize authentically into the best versions of ourselves we are our sister's keepers and this is Brown Girl Alchemizing Brown girls, what's
0: up? Hey, beautiful brown girls.
1: If you are just tuning in for the first time, my name is Amber.
0: And I'm Janelle.
1: Episode one, you might want to get into it. If you're just hearing about Brown Girl Alchemy, it's the perfect episode to introduce you to who we are and how we started this journey that is Brown
0: Girl Alchemy. Right. And then we proceeded with episode two, which... I think was an amazing episode. And when we touched on self-care and self-love and what it means to us.
1: Yes. And now we're on episode three.
0: We're
1: going to be talking about how spirituality chose us.
0: I love that.
1: Because we is about that life.
0: Absolutely.
1: But let's talk about Black History Month for a little second.
0: Okay. Well, how it, it's over. Yeah. I <laughs> it mean, was it, quick. Was over, it was over. but 28 how- days To the rest of the world Mm -hmm. or to most people. But you know that we celebrate black history all year round, every day, every day, all day, all day, all black, everything. So that was over a
1: cute 28 days. But now it's Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to bask in celebrate and honor our womanhood and we're really excited to share that on march 7th new york our new york listeners especially if you're in brooklyn you really don't have an excuse to miss out on this we are going to be talking on a panel at weeksville heritage center on march
0: 7th from 7 to 9 and we're both so excited because this is kind of our first it's our
1: first It is our
0: first official Brown Girl Alchemy speaking event, right?
1: Absolutely. Okay. And I'm so excited that Weeksville reached out to us. Shout out to Steph, my girl Steph. Thank you, Steph. Thanks, Steph. We love you. We can't wait to see you. (laughs) But um, we're super excited because this panel is all about celebrating and honoring Black womanhood. And you already know.
0: That's, That's what,
1: what we do. do. <laughs> Get out my head. <laughs> so yeah, like we said, it's March seventh, seven to nine PM. The link is in our Instagram bios. And if you're signed up for our newsletter, which you should be if you're not, go on to browngirlalchemy.com and do that right now. ASAP. ASAP. And we'll be sending out a newsletter with more details. And I failed to mention that it's free. Okay. So what is better what's than your excuse? That?
0: No. No excuse let's dive into
1: episode three. Okay. So I feel we're talking about spirituality, how this life chose us. But before we get there, want to talk a little bit about what's going on in the lunar verse because today it's March 1st. We have a full moon in Virgo. I'm pretty sure you've heard about it. If you're on Twitter, everyone seems to be talking about it. It's this crazy ass energy that We can't seem to steer away
0: from Mm -hmm. what Virgos you know, first of all. I know a couple of Virgos. They both couple. (laughs) They both have very similar characteristics in terms of Um, They're very, very particular about Mm -hmm. things, and they're very Mm detail-oriented, and um, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, and that completely ties
1: into this Virgo full moon. Virgos are super highly analytical, and it's important for us to, at this moment, analyze the circumstances and the situations that are around us. When I was at this event last Friday with Tatiana Taro and the Trap Witch, um, we got saged when we first went in and someone was like, oh, this is some this is some spiritual TSA-ish. Oh my God, I love
0: that.
1: <laughs> it was amazing. And when I thought about it, I was like, oh, wow, that's perfect because it's kind of like a maintenance check. It's time to check our lives and really, really do some fine-tuning and evaluating all the elements in our lives. And we spoke about this a little bit in the last episode about removing the things that are vibrating on a low or stagnant frequency and making room for a magical awakening. And I specifically say magical awakening because the moon is located
0: at 11 degrees. We already know 1111. 11. If you don't know 11, I don't even know what to tell you. Like, Get your life. <laughs> get your life, but also just
1: get into numerology. It's so amazing how numbers tie into our lives daily but eleven eleven is known as a master number. And as far as numerology is concerned, um, 11 is really about heightened intuition and psychic abilities mm. and really connecting to your higher selves. Yes. But let's remember that full moons are an energy amplifier, okay? Woo. The moon is literally opposite of the sun. So everything that you're feeling is... In this moment, in this time right now,
0: it's going to be intensified. On a trillion. On a trillion. And I myself can attest to that because, right. you know, I had a crazy weekend. Mm-hmm. My anxiety and my depression was Off like the wall. out of control. And the energy is just like you said, amplified and just intensified and super heavy right now
1: exactly it's so so powerful that we really have to be mindful of how we navigate through these feelings and emotions because it's not just us literally everyone is on one so during this crazy time of the full moon it's not i'm i'm kind of being a little bit dramatic just because that's what i do but during this time, we really have to focus on being at peace and living in peace. And you already know we got that covered with a oh, little ritual. Oh, snow? snow? Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. I love that. So we wanted to light a white candle for peace. And we spoke about that, I think, the last episode, that if I could wish anything for anyone, it, it would, would be definitely peace. be peace. Yeah. So what is the meaning? It's calming and tranquility and the absence of hostility. For me, peace is when I'm not in a state of depression or anxiety. Amen. I'm still I'm calm. And for me, calm equals happiness. Um, I can perform magic. My thoughts are in alignment. And I'm able to manifest what I desire. And I'm at my best creatively and I'm most intuitive when I'm at peace. So let me
1: light this white candle with all of those things in mind. And as I light this candle, you want to say a few affirmations?
0: Because I feel like we've gotten some really great feedback as far as affirmation goes. Okay. So I have an affirmation for this white candle. And once again, we're talking about peace. Take a moment maybe And focus on your breath while I recite this affirmation, and hopefully you'll find it useful. I am still. I am the calm within the storm. My mind, my body, and my spirit exist in this state of peace and wellness, despite the noise and static outside of me, because all is well within me. All is well within you. That felt
1: really good. I just had to take a deep breath just was.
0: I mean, it was only a moment, but it was a moment of peace.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was a moment, but it was like a moment of peace or whatever. Just a side note. One thing I'd recommend is if you're looking to be at peace with yourself, like we said, we're lighting a white candle. Sometimes when I just want to focus and center myself, I light a white candle and I use... Some type of anointed oil, it's the oil that I use is the third eye or crown chakra oil. And I just place a little bit on my third eye and focus on a white light surrounding me. And you don't have to do exactly that. It could just be you lighting a candle and setting an intention and allowing that intention to flow. But I just wanted to throw that out there in case you guys were trying to find another method to be at peace. Well, thank you. So let's dive right into it. Okay spirituality yes about that life always what were your earliest memories of being introduced to religion
0: okay religion so as a young child religion really wasn't part of our household mm-hmm. um, both my parents migrated from the south and they were heavily involved in the church but i guess you know, when when they came up here, things kind of changed. There wasn't such an emphasis on doing the church thing, although they still carried those beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, there was less of the tradition and the ritual of going to church every Sunday, okay. so it wasn't um, wasn't really present. What happened was. Um, Initially, I was attending public school, but I was bullied because I was a shy little quiet girl. Hence, after that experience, my mother said, Off to Catholic school, you go. Maybe you'll have a better school experience. So I went to Catholic school, and that was probably my first real introduction to religion, per se. Mm-hmm. And, um, when you're that young, you don't know. You're very impressionable, mm-hmm. so you you kind of don't have the experience or the knowledge to navigate and explore and um, investigate no, for yourself. because you're a sponge. You exactly. absorb all You just the absorb everything. So, I would say to sum up my experience with Catholicism, it was pretty traumatic in the sense that I was baptized and received my confirmation in seventh grade. But it was only because I went through years and years of being brainwashed to believe that I would go to hell if I was not Catholic.
1: And I'm just curious to know, how exactly did grandma feel about your journey in
0: Catholicism? Well, that's interesting because, like I said before, they did migrate from the south up north, and they had some very negative experiences the black experience for them in the south was just overt racism um my grandfather had experiences where he had to hide in closets because the kkk were doing their you know daily check and knocking on the door Mm -hmm. and my mother experienced the whole whites crazy and blacks only so you would think That when they migrated north, they would come with this militant, you know, free at last type. Prideful. Yeah, but, and there's no judgment on their experience because I didn't walk in their shoes. My experience was a little different. But how they did respond was they kind of rejected the blackness and felt like, okay, we're up north now. Everything white is right. So we're going to accept anything that's white because we're here for better opportunities, and that's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. So when I when I said, you know, I want to be Catholic, they were like, okay, this is amazing. Sure. Yeah, like, <laughs> we're in now. Like, <laughs> we're in this country club. And it was the craziest experience because you have to have a Catholic godmother and godfather. hmm and um (laughs) the only person that we had like first of all
1: who did you know that was
0: catholic we didn't know because niggas was baptist everyone (laughs) yeah everyone in our family was pretty much baptist but um my uncle my mother's brother had been married to a colombian who i love um not because she's Colombian. <laughs> that sounded crazy. But she's my aunt. Like, he was married to her before I was even born. Right. So, but she happens to be Colombian. And she was Catholic. So, she became my godmother on top of my aunt. And then we didn't have a godfather. So, it was one of the brothers. <laughs> at the school? At the school. His name was Brother Patrick. <laughs> I was going to say something else about him, but I'm not going to say it. But... um. <laughs> Yeah, so that was my introduction. (laughs) That was my introduction to religion and Catholicism. Um, And that was in middle school. That was in middle school. So um, I attended from first to eighth grade, and then I went to high school. I went to a Catholic private all-girl high school. And this is the point where I began to question things. Um, As I learned more, It just wasn't making sense to me. That's when I kind of became disconnected.
1: And I'll stop you there because we actually both went to the same all-girl private Catholic high school. And it's funny because that was when I completely shut out religion as a medium to connect with source. I remember being in religion class and Ms. Braden's class sitting there and her teaching us about the Bible and always saying... We were created in the likeness and the image of God. And it just didn't feel right to me. I felt like she was intentionally using the word likeness. And almost like I was being forced to believe that God was something that was external. And it didn't really resonate with me because for the last seven or eight years prior, you were teaching me that God is within me. It's not something... That's outside of me. Right. And I believe that you... That all started when you went back to college. Yes. You, you went to School for Humanities, which was um, an amalgamation of religion, art, history, literature, philosophy. Mm-hmm. And I have the best memories of that time. I remember that was the first time I went to the Studio Museum of Harlem. Do you, ever, do you remember that?
0: I remember that. Wait, I, did
1: you just see that?
0: Yeah, there was a spark from the candle, so... I don't know. That just felt good. Yeah. But um, I do remember that. That was an amazing time for me because, um, like you said, I went back to school. Yeah. However, I did go to college straight out of high school. Yeah. Um, I got sidetracked. Uh, I got married. And I had you. And it was the most amazing experience. But I left school behind. And I kind of left childhood behind. Yeah. So, um, I went back to school later on. How old were you when I went back to school? I want to say like eight, nine-ish. I think so. I think so. Maybe like third or fourth grade. Yeah. Okay. So uh, when I went back to school, it was kind of like, pushing the reset button because it was a new beginning for me. When I was in school, college, initially, my major was accounting. At this point in my life, when I returned back to school, I'd already established myself in finance. I had a career. So I I didn't feel like I needed to do that. I felt mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going back to school. I'm already a full-time mom, a full-time single mom, and I have a career I want to do, I want to go back and I want to major in something that I enjoy because this is going to be grueling for me. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I need to at least get some joy out of it. So, that's why I chose to do humanities. And humanities kind of chose me because you already know that's me. Yeah. Religion, philosophy, art, history, literature. These are all the things that I love. These are the things that I would study if for nothing, for free. These are the books that are just lying around the house. So, You were talking about when we went to the Studio Museum in Harlem. It's crazy because when I went back to school, it was like the enlightenment period for me.
1: It was. And also, it kind of just clicked to me during that time was your Saturn
0: return, too. It was. It was. Those were probably some of the best years of my life. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they were. They were amazing. I was able to take all of these amazing courses and it deepened my love for mysticism. I was engaged in Egyptian mythology, Greek mythology, African mysticism, and I got a pretty thorough knowledge of most organized religions, such as Judaism, Buddhism, Islam. I just felt like a well of knowledge and I could not help. You were but eating it up. I was. And you
1: were coming home and everything that you learned in these courses, you were literally coming home and sharing with me.
0: I had God in the universe connected me with some of the most amazing professors because it was almost like an outer body experience and my courses. like nobody wants to go to school people go to college most times because it's like something that you have to do or you're told you have to do to get ahead but i would be like looking at the clock i could not wait to leave work and Mm -hmm. get to class and like learn and and explore and experience and it was just i can't stress enough like that was when um I think spirituality really kicked in for me. Mm -hmm. And when I really got to know myself and kind of begin my path of finding my purpose. From that experience, I realized two things, actually three things. First, I could find something that resonated with me in most organized religions and spiritual belief systems. So as I'm studying, you know, Islam and... Um, Buddhism and even Christianity, I could find something, not something, a few things in each of those things that resonated with me. I didn't need to be in a box. I didn't need to identify with one thing. Which means that even then you were
1: tapping in or initiating this experience as a spiritualist.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then This is probably the most important thing that I realized, but it was that I connected, what I connected most was with mystics, mysticism. It made me feel happy. It was a comfort zone for me. It felt at home for me. Like, Mm -hmm. finally, it was a knowing. Like, I get it. You got it. This is where, this is me. This is where I belong. And it felt good. It felt good. And it's like, aha, that's the feeling that you're looking for. A sense of home. Incredible. You were, like we said, probably about nine during this time. You were such a big part of this journey. You went through everything with me. Mm -hmm. So as you were exposed to these things, because, I mean, I was creating altars. And I had (laughs) books about Voodoo and Santeria and buddhism like you just were exposed to everything how did that make you feel
1: well i think we failed to mention kind of a significant part that in the beginning of this this um journey of yours we were both going we were both going to church pretty heavy oh
0: my god because yeah. you my grandpa he's a deacon he's a deacon and going to church once again was a part of this journey yeah because you know you're looking for something and you're trying to connect with source. So when you're in that space, you're going to do whatever you need to do to to find that feeling and connect with that, that feeling that you're looking for. You're seeking. Yeah. And church was part of the journey right so we were both going to Sunday school and we even got
1: baptized together Mm -hmm. I did always love learning and reading dramatically
0: like you know how I am I've always been like that since I was little right um you will turn everything into a play (laughs) (laughs) everything doesn't need to be a play just read the little paragraph (laughs) (laughs)
1: no but it's like it's
0: it's so much drama yeah I've been serving drama my whole life (laughs) all right Wait, so what were your feelings? Like, what were your thoughts? What seeds were planted that grew into the space that you're currently in? I mean, other than the whole church thing, because I can't really
1: remember how I felt during that time, which essentially must mean that I just wasn't connected to spirit. But I remember you coming to me one day and saying, I don't know, it was something along the lines of, I'm not going to church anymore. Uh, do you want to still go? If you want to still go, you know, you can still go with grandpa. And I was like, mm, nah, I'm good. And that was literally it. Mm-hmm. However, when I started to see you more engaged and interested in hoodoo and Voodoo and spiritual laws like the law of attraction, the law of creation, I was pretty much sold. I was just into it as you were, but I was, it's weird because I was so young. I was right. nine years old and the first hands-on experience that i really could remember was us creating vision boards together and just how beautiful and how magical that was and it was something that once again became a ritual of ours right we still we, create we still boards. create rituals and i can't remember exactly what things i had on mind however i remember you having a a diploma My a truck diploma, your college right? diploma a truck a wedding ring, yep. and a few other things, all of which you ended up attracting and receiving within the next couple of years. Absolutely. So I think witnessing you manifesting manifesting these things really intensified the ideas of the power coming from within, the ideas that we're architects of our own lives, and it was nearly impossible for me to even believe that I needed to go to church or just have a medium in general to connect with Source. And it's not to downplay or down talk um, organized religions or church or temples or anything like that. But my personal take on it, and I mean, our personal take on it is that you don't need to go to a place or you don't need to seek anything external to be
0: connected with Connected to something that you can already find within yourself. Oh, my God. Agreed. And I just thought of something. Um, I thought of grandpa, my father, Mm -hmm. your grandfather, how um, religious he is. And he's in church every Sunday. He's a deacon. He's doing his deacon duties during the week. But him and I have come to an amazing Communication in terms of my relationship with God versus his relationship with God. And he respects the place and the space that I'm in so much because it's evident. I don't go to church, yeah. but it's evident to him that God blesses me on a daily basis. He sees the work.
1: And he acknowledges and it. And he acknowledges And he appreciates it. it and comes from a place of love and never judgment and That's what I love so much
0: about him. Absolutely. But back to that time. Right. So during that period, that's where the alchemy started. Because once I acknowledged my connection to source, it naturally led me to believe that there was a power in me that I was not tapping into. I was going to figure that out. That's when I started getting into candle magic incantations, spells, setting up altars, crystals, tarot, anything and everything that I can get my hands on that would allow me to tap into all of that goddess power I had in me. I knew at that point that not only was I created in his image, but that God was within me. And I think,
1: not I think, I know for a fact that of course, you're my mother, so you lead by example and seeing you walk in this power really guided me towards doing the same and It wasn't something that I thought about; it was just something that happened just seeing you walk in that power i just I knew I had a deeper sense of knowing and a deeper sense of faith. And it was then when I realized that and saw you lead by example, I was able to walk in my own power, in my own light. And this is not something that was just an epiphany at the specific time. Ever since I was younger, you reminded me daily and constantly about how magical I am and how, probably didn't use that specific
0: word, but you- I would always tell you that you can achieve and do anything that you put your mind to. And when you hear the same things
1: over and over again, especially as children, like I said, we're sponges, we really believe what we're being fed. So if you're telling me you are brilliant, you are beautiful, there is nothing that you can't achieve. Right. I really, really believed it, and I still do believe that. And that's just a testimony to affirm that our thoughts really do align with our lives. We create, we literally create our lives. We're an artist and the world is literally our canvas. And at that moment, there was a lot of symbolism. And I was just eager to unlock all of the codes, just like you, how you were so excited about learning these different things. I was just as excited. And the one thing that I remember that, I guess was an epiphany for me was that I knew for certain there wasn't an end result and spirituality was a journey. Absolutely. And I say that because I feel like when we were in church, we were being fed to believe that God was just the destination. And once you get to God, it's just you either go to heaven, you die, you live.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You either go to heaven. But you don't, you don't get to God until you die yeah life is really hell and heaven is where so you mean to tell me I have to go through my life hello and then celebrate when I'm not in my physical body
1: exactly You're, you're basically telling me that um God is almost unattainable and not unattainable but in order to get to God you literally just have to go through all of these different processes and and all of these different types of things and it's just I didn't See, it was necessary, right. and I think when I was younger, that's when it really clicked. And because I found out that it was a journey, I was even more eager to discover and learn new things. But I think ultimately, the realization that we both had was that God truly flows through us. Yes, it's I in love that.
0: All things in all things, but and what I love to say always is that. We are we are created in his image, yeah, and because we're created in his image, we are also creators. And that's why it's so important to tap everyone to tap into their creativity and allow it to flow, because that's when we're in our God space.
1: spirituality, it it really, really led us on a path that God is all and God is within us. There isn't one specific way to connect with source, God, the divine, whatever you choose to call that higher power. And there isn't one name either. And I think that was another thing that kind of turned me off about religion, how there were so many people that were fighting about what they the wanted to same call, power. Yeah,
0: what they want to call their God. It, it really doesn't matter. Exactly. And there isn't one way to honor God either. No, definitely not.
1: I feel like when you when you say that there's only one route, you're putting God in a box. Yes. And if God is all, then what makes you think that God would just follow the rules of
0: right. one specific belief system? And I don't understand why people have such a difficult time acknowledging and believing that God has the ability to appear to different people in different ways. However... God needs to connect. However source needs to connect with you, that's what source is going to do.
1: God is a shapeshifter.
0: Absolutely. And has the
1: ability to mold itself into so many different ways because the way that I see God or the way that I feel about God may not resonate with the way that you see God. So God will present itself through another, uh, just another Another way, another
0: avenue in general. So with that said, this was a journey, a personal journey that each of us had to take to arrive at this place that we're in right now. Everyone has their own journey. Everyone. yeah. And no journey, no path is the same. At all. For us, the most important thing is to respect each person's space that they're in. I personally... Don't care if you're Christian, I don't care if you're Muslim, I don't care if you're Buddhist. I don't care what you choose to call your god. What I care about is that if you're a kind and loving person because the message of all of these major religions and spiritual spiritual beliefs is love. Yeah. And that's what people are forgetting, the true message. That's the true message of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's the true message. Right? absolutely you just need to do what you connect with and how and what you feel comfortable with because no journey is the same
1: and i felt like it was important for us to briefly talk about our spiritual journey it's kind of clear that we're spiritualist but when we speak of and when we speak of santeria Candomblé, Yoruba, like all of these different elements in different religions and belief systems I feel like those are things that were um, brought down as a tradition. Yeah. And these are things I'm actually envious of women who grew up with their grandmothers, teaching them how to pray, teaching them how to light candles, teaching them how to build an altar. Ancestral
0: worship. Ancestral
1: veneration that's not something that we
0: grew up doing no at all definitely there's absolutely a fear involved with that now and it has a lot to do with colonization of course and um brainwashing in terms of religion yeah. so it kind of has kind of has a negative connotation but the good thing is that there's a resurgence of it right now. People are kind of like, okay, let's see if we can get back to our roots and see what this really is about. And that's the most important thing. Exactly. Don't You don't have to take anyone else's words, advice, education, um, knowledge. Do your own research. And as we said a couple of times during this podcast, figure out what you connect with and figure out what you feel comfortable with. Ashe,
1: so we will end this podcast episode with a quote reflection the spiritual journey is not about acquiring something outside of yourself rather you are penetrating deep layers and veils to return to the deepest truth of your own being and who said that ram das i
0: love that i do too Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the
1: third episode of Brown Girl Alchemizing. Stay tuned for the new moon.
0: Yes.
1: See y'all then. Bye. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that you were able to connect with us through some of the things that we've shared. The olive branch has definitely been extended and we'd love to continue the dialogue. So please engage with us and share your feedback, suggestions, likes, tell your sister, give us some positive energy. You can use the hashtag BGA podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Brown Girl Alchemy, at AmberTheAlchemist, the Alchemist, and at Nellie Alchemist. Until next time, Brown Girls, we see you.